everybody, and welcome to First and Goal, the place where every day is game day. It is Tuesday, May 24th in the year 2022, and today we have a lot to talk about. We got all kinds of craziness, all hell's broke loose in the SEC, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban. We're going to talk a little bit about the Georgia Bulldogs. Got a lot of stuff we're going to get into, but... uh. Before I get into any of that, I just want to go ahead and introduce y'all. As always, is joining me, my co-host, the one, the only, Big Rob. How you doing, brother? What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday to you all. It's time to talk a little football. That's right. That's right. And like I said, man, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. So before we get into that, I'm going to go ahead and help myself. <laughs> yes, sir. Go ahead and make you one, brother. Before we get started, though, I do want to take the time out and offer my condolences to the players uh, down there in Jacksonville State. Offensive coordinator Calvin McGee passed away on Friday, May 20th, and we just want to go ahead and express our condolences and thoughts. I uh, go out to, to him, the, the family, and the players down there at Jacksonville State. Absolutely, man. You always hate to hear about something like that. You hate to hear about the loss of a coach, a father, a husband, a family member. It's always very tough to think of. And um, I I just called once a minute ago on the internet about a deal that happened at elementary school in Texas today. And I just I'm gonna tell you what that really. Took a lot of wind out my sails before the thing. I just want to take a moment to say that uh, all the family members down there, friends, family, you are without a doubt in our deepest thoughts and prayers, and our hearts hurt for you. They truly do. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. For that to happen at an elementary school, there's just no call for it. You know, again, thoughts, prayers, everything go out to the families that were affected. You know, the classmates that have been infected and just, you know, just everything that's going on right now with all that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's just absolutely heartbreaking. And it really makes it tough to sit here right now, honestly, and try to do this thing. But we're going to try our best to tough it out and do what we came here to do and get it done. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let's get this thing started, shall we? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Without a doubt. Well, um, as you all know by now, <laughs> end of last week, all hell absolutely broke loose, came unglued. I don't know what you want to call it, how you want to put it. But I just want to take a moment to say, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, thank you. Because I'm telling you now, we already have lots of content on our show just going through spring film, studying teams, recruiting. It's never in it is never ending for us without a doubt. And y'all just set the whole world on fire. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. You gave every talk show out there ammunition for the fire. <laughs> yes, sir, without a doubt, man. It just Nick Saban was sitting there and I don't think he meant to do what he was doing. Well he he knew what he was doing, but at the same time, the whole purpose of him being there at that place at that time was he was actually trying to basically twist the arms of the higher-ups at Alabama saying, we need some money. Yeah. We got to get our money right. The boosters, the sponsors, the, the higher-ups at Bama, just anybody that he could get the message out to. And just in case you, you haven't heard, if you've been under a rock somewhere, Nick Saban went on record stating that Texas A&M had bought all of the number one picks from last season. Uh, well, this this past off season, I had to come down there to Texas A&M, and Jimbo took offense. He most certainly did. He took major offense to that, and boy, I I don't think I've ever seen a coach come at another coach. So personally before, I mean, just, he went scorched earth. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. He made sure to burn, try to burn everything that Nick Saban stands for. 
going as far as calling him a god that isn't such a god. Yeah, it says, uh, we made him out to be this god. This is all our football. He said, go find out how God gets his players. Go find out what he does. You'll find out a lot of things that you really don't want to know. Yeah. And he keeps sitting there. Oh, you can ask anybody. You can ask any of his former coaches. And the whole time I'm just sitting here thinking, well, Jimbo, while you're on the subject, um, you're a former <laughs> coach. Let, let's not be dry snitching now. Why don't we go ahead and uh, just get everything going? Yeah, let's spill the beans here, Jimbo. You got something you want to say, so let's let's throw it out there now. I mean, you want to go scorch earth, right? Ain't no reason to start pumping the brakes now. Right, right. <clears throat> and the only thing that I can think of is why he didn't is probably because it was starting an investigation on him, too. Oh, absolutely, man. They, I love Steve Spurrier's response to this whole ordeal because they said, <laughs> They asked Steve Spurrier and said, Jimbo Fisher was furious because Nick Saban said that he bought all of his players at Texas A&M. And they basically bought all the players and this, that, and the other. And Steve Spurrier said, well, is, is he lying? <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, let's let's just be honest here. I see both sides of this. I really do. I can argue both sides. I really can. But, Jimbo, let's just quit beating around the bush here, man. Let's quit – NIL is legal. There's nothing to be ashamed of. So please, for all of us, quit going on this whiny rant about we don't use NIL. All of our players came here because they love Texas a and That's great. That's great. But they love a fat check, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. NIL is perfectly legal. It's supposed to be against the rules to use NIL as a pitch for coming to a certain school, but let's just be 100% honest. This crap was going on before NIL even became legal. I don't give a crap what school it is. It was being used beforehand. Whether it was under the table, whether it was in McDonald's bags, whatever you want to call it, it was going on beforehand. You freeze and the female escorts. <laughs> <laughs> the Hugh Freeze Escort Service. <laughs> so it was. It's been going on beforehand, and I think that's what <clears throat> that's what I think Jimbo was alluding to about. Don't cast stones if you live in a glass house yourself. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, let's be real here. Nick Saban just last year coincidentally was telling everybody, "Oh, Bryce Young's making over a million dollars." Yeah. Gee, we didn't need to know those numbers, Nick. Why would you throw those out there unless you're making a big recruiting pitch saying, hey, you come here, you're going to get paid. That's, that's exactly what that was. That was a come recruiting on. pitch without actually a recruiting pitch. Come on down to little Nicky's Casino. We'll hook you up. <laughs> that's what he's saying. I mean, yeah. but at the same time, I have no problem with Jimbo saying. But quit with the crap, man. Like, Let's just be honest. Let's get out there and open. Hey, we got a great NIL program. Yes, our players do get paid great. That's because our our um, community backs us up. Hell, that'd be a great recruiting pitch in itself. We have a great community. Yes, they play our players great because they care so much about them in the community. But instead of for you to sit there, we don't do that. We don't have that. We don't break the rules. We have one player in this recruiting class as an IL bill. That's it. The number one recruiting class in the nation. Jimbo, come on, dude. Jimbo says, why don't y'all do the research before you come at me? Well, here's the thing, Jimbo. If there's nothing on it, there's nothing to find. You've done a good job of hiding it. Not saying that you did, but, you know, it, it could be hidden. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot of NIL deals out there for college, college, college. You can go to all these colleges and find out just about anything you want to know. Yeah. With all their deals going on. You go to Texas A&M, it is very quiet. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like everything is almost done under the table. Yeah, there's some things going on down there. And I think that's part of the reason why he got so pissed off is because he panicked a little bit at first. And well, he panicked like a, kid in the, like a kid with his hand caught in the cookie jar. Yeah, he really did. He really did. And then Nick Saban sitting here backtracking, trying to apologize, trying to reach out to him over the phone to apologize instead of being public. 
Oh, Deion Sanders said he was not having none of that. He said, you can bash me in public. You could also apologize to me oh, yeah. in public. Oh, yeah, he backed in on Deion, too, which, I mean, on the outside looking in, you've got a five-star going down to a little Division two school or whatever it is, a five-star player that could easily get on with any team. It On the outside, it looks like he could have got paid and probably did get paid. But at the same time, that's a quarterback – Going to Dion's school. Exactly. So you can't say with 100% certainty that he was paid. He very well could just want two lits from Dion. I'll turn right now. If I'm a defensive back, if I can play for Dion Sanders, I'm going because that's one of the best, if not the best, defensive back of all time. He's definitely in the top five. Yeah, he's one of the best. He's, he's without a doubt on the Mount Rushmore of defensive backs. I would, I would agree with that. So, I mean. There's a lot going on there. Then you got Lane Kiffin over here on Twitter <laughs> posting the popcorn memes. I thought that was absolutely hysterical. But the thing that bothers me is why the SEC has told coaches <clears throat> or not give any more media availability to any coaches. Supposedly. There's still Supposedly. there's still there still has not been a hundred percent the SEC has still not come out and confirmed this. But that's according to Lane. But it got real hush-hush, and yeah. apparently Lane Kiffin had to cancel an appearance on a certain show, and there's a lot going on. That makes me wonder right there, okay, um, what, what's the SEC trying to hide here? Mm-hmm. They say, oh, it's about the conduct. They're violating our conduct. <sighs> Coach O jogging down the street with no shirt on a college campus with all females. That didn't violate your college <laughs> conduct. Um, Kirby Smart dropping F-bombs left and right at practice, hyping up the kids. That didn't violate any conduct things. Um, let's see. Where where, can, where else can we go with this? Well, we can always go down there to Auburn. <clears throat> we ain't opening that can of worms. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, Will Muschamp talking about the referees. They didn't find that violating any conduct, which it probably did in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. yeah I'd say there's probably a couple of lives I mean, I don't – has there really been many games, period, where Will Muschamp has probably not walked the fine line of the <laughs> conduct policy? I'm sure there's quite a few games where one more remark probably would have got him kicked out of the game. Oh, absolutely, man. But also – no, you never heard none of this. And now all of a sudden, when you get a little spat with these coaches, all of a sudden it's, oh, no, we got to shut up. When these coaches start bringing out some dirty laundry, all of a sudden that's, oh, we got to be quiet about this. Yeah. It makes me feel kind of like there's something a little hidden out there. And I hope it's not because I love the SEC. This is probably one of, if not the best, it's definitely one of, if not the absolute best division in all of college football. Yeah, I would have to 100% agree with that. It's, it's definitely, as far as talent-wise goes, I would have to give it, you know, one of the best. I mean, you, it's in the top three. The SEC is a literally an NFL prep program. It's basically an NFL subdivision, <clears throat> kind of like a minor leagues. Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so, I don't care for that a whole lot. Just little things, man. Some strange stuff going on, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. How about SEC? Let these coaches talk, and let's get some. Uh, let, let's get down to the root of all the evil. Yeah, let's get down to the meat and the potatoes, eh? I'm sure. I'm sure that you know eventually we'll get to the point of why they have such a rivalry between each other. They were supposed to be best friends a few years ago. Apparently, though, Saban offered Nick, um, Jimbo a job. Several years back, after the whole LSU thing happened, mm-hmm. and Jimbo turned him down, mm-hmm. he even met, met, as went as far to say, "There's a reason why I didn't go back." Yep. What, what's the reason, Jimbo? Come on now, don't don't leave me hanging. You know what I think this is? What's that? I think this is two coaches <clears throat> that are doing everything they can to hang on. To the limelight. I think there's two coaches that recruit very great, but I feel like there's also a panic in both of them. 
There very well could be. Very well could be. And you know, you can't you can't sit and say that Nick Saban's panicking. But what you can say in return is the NIL is making it so much diff- more difficult for him to recruit the players that he's used to recruiting when it's leveled the, the playing field. And I think that's what Nick Saban ultimately is pissed off about. I agree with that, but I'm saying I think they both are a little bit rattled. I think both of these programs right now are scared that they might have reached they might have seen the pinnacle. Yeah. And they might be looking. They're hanging on the edge of a downhill slope. They're trying to hang on for dear life. But, I mean, let's just be honest here. Before NIL, Arkansas was looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Georgia was coming on very strong. LSU busted ass just a couple of years ago. These other schools are rising up. From the ashes, getting better and better. LSU. I know LSU on Ole Miss. Yeah. South Carolina. South Carolina, yes, sir. Kentucky. Kentucky's a damn bruiser. Yeah, Kentucky has done it for a few years with that NIL. The SEC is getting a lot more competitive than what it was just two years ago, three years ago. And I think that's gotten a little shook up. And then last year when NIL came in, Nick Saban didn't have quite the year he wanted to, even though, yes, they went to the natty. They did go undefeated. They laid an egg in the national championship. Let's just call it what it is. Yep, and then Texas A&M beat them in the regular season. They laid an egg against A&M. A&M lost four games last year. (laughs) They were projected to have, I think, an 11-win season last year. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize this. Jimbo Fisher was ranked in the bottom half of FBS coaches last year. Offensively. I did not know that. Golf of offensive production. And he's supposed to be an offensive mind. Which makes sense on why he would go so hard as what he did with this recruiting class. Absolutely. Well, I mean, they go back and say basically, look, Florida State, when you didn't have E.J. Manuel, you didn't have James Winston. The wheels kind of started getting a little wobbly, wanting to come off that thing on the tail end there. Yep. It's kind of like we said about Clemson. Yep. You're not always going to have that first-round draft pick quarterback. You ain't always going to have a Deshaun Watson. You ain't going to always have a Trevor Lawrence. Yep. And you're not always going to have that uh, first-round running back back there, too. Mm-hmm. So I think both of them's a little bit nervous. And I can't wait till we could possibly get on the road a little bit and talk with some more fans and interact with people and get their feelings on the subject. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear their, ask, their point of view. I'm probably going to hear a few go to hells, a few <laughs> roll tides, right? a few go Aggies. But I'm very interested in these two universities right now because there's a lot more. It's like a duck on the water. Yeah. A lot of turmoil underneath. Yes. And, I mean, right now the water's starting to get some ripples up top, so you can only imagine what's going on underneath. i tell you what I can't wait for. I can't wait for that game. I believe it's on October 9th. No, I'm telling you, that's going to be. If college game day ain't at that game, there's a serious problem, man. There's definitely something wrong. I don't give a crap what the win-loss record for either team is. There's going to be fireworks in that game. I promise you that. Well, my thing is, I'm just interested for the season over. See how these programs look. I mean, they're both doing so much talking in the offseason. I mean, you can't hype this up. I mean, you're both talking crap. You're both elite programs. I mean, at this point, y'all got to win football games. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're not winning, you ain't grinning. No, hell no. I mean, how bad would it be if they're arguing over who's number one and number two in recruiting? 
And then you both get spanked by Georgia. <laughs> or you both go down to uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Or LSU slips up, or hella Ole Miss, or Mississippi State. I mean, there's a lot of things you got to be careful about. And, and that's my thing with Jimbo Fisher is we do everything the right way. Everybody wants to come here. They want to play. That sounds great, Jimbo. That sounds awesome. But you won. You lost only one game two years ago. Last year you was eight and four. Not to mention you lost your defensive coordinator this year. Yeah. So, I mean, normally when a program falls off that hard, that's not something that really entices everybody to come play. No. No. I mean, Bama was in a natty. Y'all wasn't even competing for the SEC West. No. They got beat Barkins all last year. That's a fact. I mean, the point we're trying to make is there is something else enticing these players to go to a program that really isn't even a top – well, I mean, they're top tier, but – I don't know. There's just something else in passing these programs to go to Texas A&M. You ain't going there to lose four games. No. I'm sorry, but that's just – it is what it is. You wasn't knocking doors down last year. No. You were getting knocked down, actually. year before, I mean, they looked like an outstanding program, and I will admit – I think they got uh, screwed out of going to a playoff that year. Oh, absolutely. And I had high hopes for A&M last year. I was even one of those that said that, <laughs> you know, expect him to go to the playoffs this year. Expect him to overtake little Nicky down there in Alabama. I was proved wrong. Well, they did go and take little Nicky. Yeah, but they didn't win enough games to actually overthrow little Nicky. No, you're right about that. It's just, there's a lot more going on. I think this is a lot more than recruiting. There's a lot of stuff going on here. There's some personal issues going on. Well, there's personal issues, and there's something going on with the SEC also. Yeah. And hopefully it's nothing bad, because I love this league. But... If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck. It's a duck. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But I'm really curious what the culture is going to be like down there this year. Same, same, man. Locations. Absolutely, man. I mean, just going off of what I saw just in the spring games alone, man, it looks like. A lot of people are excited for A&M and Roll Tide. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> oh, Lord. As he's pouring him another drink. But um, <laughs> it's Tuesday, man. It's Tuesday. I mean, I don't know what Tuesday has to do with it, but hey. Two for Tuesday. That's right. Two for <laughs> Tuesday. That's right. There you go. But no, nah, man, I mean, for real, though, Nick Saban, we all consider him probably the, the GOAT. Wouldn't you agree? Mm. Do I want to? I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT in college football. As far as a coach goes, as it stands right now, he is the current GOAT. Overtaking Joe Pa. Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant. But, not trying to cut you off, but, after hearing what Jimbo said, is he the GOAT? Or is he a GOAT? Yeah. That remains to be seen. Going to be interested in if uh, NCAA 
does their own investigation on what Jimbo had to say. I'll tell you one thing, though. Down there in College Station in Tuscaloosa, I guarantee there's a lot of chatter going on. Oh, there's a lot of nervousness. Well, let's be honest, man. SEC football is year-round. Yeah. We got baseball. We got basketball. Football is year-round. Yeah. I mean, hell, just this past weekend, we went up to a place right there in Lexington, mm-hmm. South Carolina. Mm-hmm. About 10 miles from Williams-Brice Stadium, a place called the Old Mill Brew Pub. If you ain't ever been, check it out. Some you won't of, regret it. Some of the best hamburgers you ever have. Yes, sir. Great service. Good beer. Yes, and I'm going to tell you right now, the facility, the restaurant itself, second to none with atmosphere. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Everybody was was excited to see you, man. The service was great. And, I mean, just you could tell that it is a restaurant in a college town. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the waitress are, as soon as you ask about South Carolina football, you see the eyes just light up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Starts talking about football season and everything else. Mentions how the crowds are during football season. Says, yeah, actually on college game days for the home games, our crowds aren't as big just because there's such a following that goes to the actual game. Mm-hmm. But on the away games, they pack out. Yep. So, I mean, that's just – you love hearing about atmosphere like that. And then when you got all this turmoil going on, it just stirs up College Station. It's just going to stir up Tuscaloosa. I mean, these people are chomping at the bits for football season, and it's going to stir up the fan base too, man. You're going to have you're going to have your Aggie fans and Roll Tide just coming head to head, especially. Oh Lord, just think about this. I forget exactly where the game's at, whether it's in Alabama or if it's at College Station. But can you imagine the crowd and what's going to happen, especially if something happens on the sidelines? Well, hopefully it won't. Hopefully it won't. We're not going to go ahead and knock on some wood, dude. I ain't trying to call for no crap like that. But uh, it's going to be a rough crowd. It's going to be a rowdy crowd. It's going to be probably one of the loudest games of the year. But just think about how big SEC media days is going to be when they cut on all the microphones. Oh, goodness. You got Jimbo and Nick there same day. Actually, that's going to be crazy. I mean, think about it. Think about it from a promotional aspect. Are they going to have Dana White there? I hope so. <laughs> Dana White, Don, Don King, bring them all down. Shit. Vince McMahon? Lord have mercy. Yeah. Yeah, old Mr. McMahon. Every player out there doing a strut? Yeah. <laughs> but my thing is, you got all this going on. And there's one coach that's staying quiet on a situation. Yeah. And you mentioned Ric Flair. Ric Flair has an old saying. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Woo! And right now, y'all, Kirby Smart and George Bulldogs, that's the man. That is the man. I mean. I'm telling you. I feel like they're going to be at media day squabbling back and forth, and Kirby's just going to stand up and say, hey, and they're just going to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's talking. That's enough. The adults are talking over here. Yeah. There's a grown man in the room. Because, <laughs> And I think it shows on the field. I think there's a little bit of focus not going on on the field this year because I looked at Bama's spring game and looked all right. Yep. Look like Bama, I guess. I mean. Yep. Look, Texas A and M spring game. Seen some things. I was like, okay, looks pretty good. Some things we liked, some things we didn't like. That's right. That's right. And then you look at the Georgia Bulldogs footage from spring. Goodness. Balls to the freaking walls for four quarters. And I mean, you watch that spring game, and you just say, "Yeah, that's your defending national champs, and they do not look hungover. They look like they're still partying." But. <laughs> It looks to me like they did not lose anything to well they 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 just replenished, they reloaded, they they didn't really lose a step from what I could tell really. To lose the amount of talent that they lost on that team to the draft. It's just 
it's really hard to put into words the job that the coaches have done developing these other guys. Because when you go out there and you watch, and you're like, damn, that kind of like Jordan Davis out there. Yeah. Damn, I'll say that one. I mean, there's just so many different guys that they look like the same defense. I was like, holy hell. Like, it really did. And they were even talking about uh, number 88. I can't remember his name. I'd sent it to you earlier. But they were even talking. They had the same conversation about him as what they did Jordan Davis last season talking about how Kirby wonders if he could be a three-down back or a three-down lineman. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, that's it. I mean, the thing with Jalen Carter is they're letting him play inside, but he's also able to play outside. He's got the physicality and the strength and the size to play inside like Jordan Davis. But he's also got the speed and the athleticism to get out there and play the edging. I mean, and he's he can, smart. He's smart. He can read a play. He can. He knows when to stay home. Mm-hmm. But he can also literally get after the quarterback and put pressure on him from any spot on the field. I mean, it's yeah. just. I mean, he's quick enough. I, I believe he can play some inside linebacker, outside linebacker, about any place he wanted to. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, he. Freakish athlete, dude. Freakish athlete. And, I mean, you got Will Muschamp over there to call him plays D.C. <laughs> He's co-defensive coordinator. He ain't got the whole job. But one thing Muschamp's always been really good about is your secondary. Mm-hmm. In the first half, you got two picks. Yep. I mean, ball hogs back there. It's just it is really tough, and they fly from sideline to sideline. Didn't mean to cut you off there, no, bro. No, good. Yeah, they, they fly sideline to sideline, and they ain't afraid to put a nose on the ball and just drill you either. What was that about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Tried to hit me at the gavel. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Two drink Tuesday. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I mean, the whole team just flew from sideline to sideline. Played with fire, played with speed, strength, agility. I mean, they just looked incredible. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm not a Georgia fan. No. Far from it. You would not hear me saying go dogs unless it's something like a natty or something like that. But uh, you say the hell with Georgia. Oh, damn, I can't. (laughs) I have said that from time to time when they played (laughs) My South Carolina Gamecocks. But let's just be honest here. I said to hell with a lot of teams. That's true. That's true. I am going to say this, though. Out of everybody else, I mean, you got to give it to Georgia. All respect to Georgia, man. They've done it the right way. They've got the recruiting class in that they, that they absolutely love. And just everybody. I mean, hell, let's look at it this way, man. You've got tight ends upon tight ends in that program, man, that, you know, anywhere else they would start directly. But there's two or three tight ends that are just there because it is Georgia. Well, you got Brock Bowers, freshman, All-American. Yeah. You got Darnell Washington, six foot seven, six foot eight, 280 pounds, big body, great tight end. Mm-hmm. Then you got Oscar Delk coming in. Mm-hmm. Looked phenomenal. But then you also got the kid from LSU yeah. who transferred over there, missed last year. One of the most highly touted tight ends ever yeah. coming out of high school. I mean, he's just got depth for days. I mean, Kirby was even joking. He said, yeah, he said we might just come up with our own formation. There's nothing but tight ends on the field. Yeah. One running back, four tight ends. Let's roll. Exactly. And, I mean, <laughs> you can pass out of that formation. You can run under that formation. But all, all, four, all four tight ends can block for days. Except for Delp, he got blocked on, or he got blew up on one pulling play, but we'll not talk more about that. He did, but he made up for on that play where he called a pass and then ran over <laughs> two Georgia defenders. It was like something out of Madden. I said, holy hell. <laughs> didn't it, though? What the hell are they feeding these freshmen in Athens? It looked like a Madden glitch, didn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, it didn't look, it didn't look normal. <laughs> I seen that, and I said, the, the South Carolina fan in me just said, damn you, Delp. Just damn you. <laughs> But I wish you nothing but the best, young man. I'm going to tell you right now, you look sensational in that spring game. Happy for you. Truly happy for you. Absolutely, man. I mean, Oscar Delt just – 
He was targeted nine times at seven catches for 91 yards. Dude looks sensational, man. I'm telling you, he – remember last year in the spring game, Brock Bowers. Nobody knew who the hell he was, really. Mm-hmm. As soon as I seen it, I went hiking this kid up. I said, this kid's going to be special. This kid's freaking good. He's already getting that many targets. He already has that kind of trust from the quarterback. Here he comes. Yep. Go back and replay replay our video from that. Exactly. We said we said Bowers is going to be the next big deal. He absolutely is, and he was. Yep. Still will be. Yep. He's taking but, over that number one tight end spot from Washington. Yeah. But you know what I love most about what's going on down in Georgia? What's that? How much have you heard Kirby talking about NIL? Not at all. How much have you heard Kirby complaining about what Jimbo Fisher said or crying about what Nick Saban said or worried about this or that? Nothing. Nothing at all. It's good old-fashioned hard-nosed football going on down there. Yep. They're focused on winning. They don't care about all the bullcrap. They're toning out all the noise, and I love that. Yeah. That tells me this is a team that – this is not going to be a 1980 Georgia Bulldog team. This is going to be possibly another dynasty we could be looking at. I'm I'm feeling you 100% on that, and I agree wholeheartedly, man. Kirby – Kirby just seems to be your quintessential football coach that will stay with the program for years and years and win you ball games. I mean, hell, look at what he's already done. He's been to the Natty twice, 1-1, in just the short time that he's been there. But in the second one he won, he didn't just win it. He went out there and spanked the team that has beat to a pulp everybody. For the last decade. Yeah. And isn't he a uh, uh, little Nicky uh, descendant? He is. He most certainly is. So it just, it is really impressive. I really love what I'm seeing from this Georgia Bulldog team. I mean, scares the hell out of me as a Carolina fan. (laughs) You ain't lying. But from as a football fan in general and from a, Evaluator standpoint, watching the film, studying this team, an analyst kind of point of view. Yeah. I love what I'm seeing down there in Athens. Yeah, it's just pure football down there in Athens, man. It's 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 hard nose, punch you in the mouth. Let's get to work football. Ab so freaking lootly. And I love it. As a football, ex-football player, as a fan of football. I love it. As a South Carolina fan, what the hell is Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's college football, man. Yeah. Here lately, you get a lot of vibes from some of these bigger programs talking NIL, talking about money this, money that. Everybody's talking about playing that next level. just going on and on and on. And in Georgia, it's quiet. And when you hear Kirby Smart talk, you listen. And you listen to good football. Well, did you see the interview in the spring game that they did with uh, three or four of the previous defensive players? Not an area one of them was talking about money. They weren't really talking too much about the NFL. What they were doing was showing off those big-ass rings they got. Exactly. That's when you know you got a program. Yeah. I mean, hell, at the time of the spring game, the draft was less than a week away. They didn't give a damn. No. You know, several of them are saying, man, I wish I was out there. It's kind of st- I don't like watching it from the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Big Jordan Davis, man, he was – you could see he was just rocking, ready to get in there and knock somebody's head off. Hell, all of them. Yeah. But I will say, not only is this defense improved, but this offense with Georgia. Yeah. These freaking wide receivers, man, they are nuts. The wide receivers look really good. I mean, made some great catches. I mean, one-on-one throws. Just going up battling for the ball. And they just consistently came down with it. But what impressed me more than anything with them is the rushing attack they had. Yeah. Statistically, it might not look the best on paper. But I'm going to tell you what, man. Kendall Milton, 
If he stays healthy, knock on wood, God will. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, you're looking at a very special football player. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And even Kenny McIntosh showed brilliance out there, too. But all of them had great games. I mean, Milton, McIntosh, DeJon Edwards, they all had, I mean, just sensational-looking plays. Mm-hmm. And don't forget about that uh, backup quarterback, Brock Vandergriff, man. He had some nice rushes back there from He did. Center. He also had some really good plays. We were throwing the ball out there on the run, coming out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. Looked very good throwing the ball, especially off balance. Yeah. Really impressed me. But um, what I like about this kid, Milton, though, what caught my eye is, I mean, after the second second series of him running the ball, I said, Damn. I feel like this is deja vu. I feel like I've seen this before, and then it hit me. This dude looks like Todd Gurley. I mean, they're built very similar. He's got that downhill power, mm-hmm. but he also has that shiftiness yeah. that Todd Gurley had. I mean, can make you miss, but then if you go head up with him, he can also make you regret trying to tackle him. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> McIntosh, dude, he, he can either run over you, he can juke you out your shoes, or it, it almost seems like he teleports from one spot to the field to the other. Absolutely, man. But we all know wherever you got a great rushing attack, you got a great offensive line. That offensive line is massive. They're massive, but, man, they play their asses off, especially – and a lot of times you say, well, if the offensive line is great, the D-line wasn't. No, this D-line made great play after great play after great play. But when the defense got a great play, the offensive line also went right back out and took it away from them. Mm-hmm. Took what was theirs back. Mm-hmm. And then some. Yeah, I mean, it was your quintessential iron sharpened iron out there. It really was. It was a battle of the skills. I mean, and there was no holding back whatsoever. No. Hell no, man. It was like it was like warfare out there in the trenches. It really was. And I, I love to see that, especially in the spring game. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of these teams will, you know, because they're, they're teammates and friends, they won't go 100%. But Georgia was like, damn you. You ain't beating me that next time. No, it really was. I mean, since the red team would do real good, the white team come out and say, oh, hell no. We ain't having this. Yep. I mean, they'd fight back. I mean, it just, it was a, it was a great football game, actually. To quote Jim Ross, it was a slobber knocker. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was a great football game in general. Wow. Yeah. It was I like mean, something you'd see on Saturday. Yeah. If this was regular college football season, man, I just swore we were watching a regular game. Oh, absolutely. This is way more than a glorified practice session. I mean, this is a legit game, and you can tell the way these guys are playing. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was very special to them. But there is one thing, one thing to say that I'm a little uncertain about going into the season with Georgia. And I, I hate saying this. Because mm-hmm. Dammy did good last year. He came in as a starter and he got benched. Then he came back off the bench and played great. And if you ain't figured out by now, I'm talking about Stetson Bennett. Yep. And I don't want to talk. Bad about the kid because he is a national championship winner. Oh, he is. But it is – he's just inconsistent. Yeah. He's very inconsistent. Oh, absolutely. He just – he had happy feet to me. He never really settled down the whole time. He did have some very good throws. On like some fade routes, he had that thing down to a rhythm. He'd hit that fade every time. Yeah. Also had a few post routes. Looked really good. But then he also had some interceptions where it's just like, why did you even throw that ball? Yeah, it's like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like he was trying too hard. Or, or he would underthrow a ball and just be real, just real inaccurate. Yeah, and it makes me nervous because. It makes me feel like it's a little bit of a, so to speak, a Nick Foles syndrome, if you will. Yeah. Where you can bring this dude off the bench and break down walls all day long. 
Yep. But if you put the weight of the world on this guy's shoulders from the start, he looks shaky. Well, I mean, let's go back to that national championship game, shall we? I'm not going to knock on the Natty game because he played his ass off in that game. He started off a little rough. Well, if you look at the fumble that he had that just about got a score, it was the defense that kept him from getting the points on that. But, you know, he had a couple of mistakes that were dumb mistakes. Yeah, had some dumb mistakes, but he also had some hellacious plays in that Yes, he did. Yes, he did. What I'm talking about is how before the season started, he was announced starter for a team. Georgia got off to a rocky start beginning of the year last year. They didn't. They was not a juggernaut from the get-go. Right. Struggled. Had a struggle win against Clemson. Had a couple other struggle wins where he struggled to get going. Then they brought in JT Daniels, and they went on a run. Mm-hmm. Then I believe JT went down with an injury, I want to say towards the end of the season. Yep. Bennett came back, and, I mean, he was on fire yep. ever since. Had a few issues here and there. He won his job back. But when the weight was on his shoulders and he knew going into the season, okay, here's the keys to the car. This is yours. This is your baby. Don't screw this up. He seemed very antsy. Yeah. And I hate saying this, guys, but I almost see a little bit of a similar situation already with the writing on the wall. Absolutely. This preseason. Because you got another guy right behind him, knocking on the door named Carson Beck. And that kid is massive, though. He, he's got an arm for days. Great arm, great accuracy, but more so when Bennett Bennett put up decent numbers, I guess you could say in spring game, 273 yards, three touchdowns. But he completed less than 15% of his – or less than 50% percent of his passes and had two ugly picks. Mm-hmm. That ain't pretty. Beck took very much advantage of that. He really did. And came out and shined. And coaches can say what they want. They can say all day long, oh, he's our guy. He's our guy. But when you see something like that, do you think these coaches are just going to ignore it? No. No. He, he may go into season as a starter, but Let's just say that first game in Oregon, he throws one or two bad passes. Who's to say that Carson Beck doesn't come in? Who's to say he's coming into the season a starter is what I'm saying. Yeah. Especially when Kirby Smart has gone on record saying that they have a quarterback competition every year. Yeah. I mean, the only thing, though, that I can knock Carson Beck on is throwing to the flats. He's a little bit inaccurate throwing to the flats, but when you get him downfield – 15, 20 yards. Oh, he's, he's spot on accurate and can throw with any arm angle, man. See some of those side arms that he threw? Yeah. But see, this is what makes me worry about Ben. When you got a great rushing attack, are you going to be throwing some flats? Or are you going to be taking advantage of those safeties bumping up and be pushing the ball down the field? That's true. So if you're Bennett, you got to sweat a little bit. Yeah, I think he can win this competition. But at the same time, I believe he's going to be on a short leash. And I don't think it would take much slipping up at all for Carson Beck to come in and take full advantage. I can agree with that. I can I can wholeheartedly agree with that. And we also got to see uh, Brock Vandegrift come out again. Go 12 for 26. Also less than 50% on day 114 yards. But he also added 45 yards on the ground. Yep. With three rushes. Yes, sir. And then you also got to see your new, shiny new recruit come on, Gunner Stockton, come in there. Be a true freshman. But you didn't get to see a whole lot like you wanted to see as far as throwing the ball down the field and everything else. He only went one for three for nine yards. Mm-hmm. He did display a little bit of arm strength on a deep ball. He threw a knee. He sent the hell out of it. <laughs> Only downside is he overthrew his receivers by about 12 yards. <laughs> but if they get that accuracy down packed, damn it, he can throw. Yeah. He's got an arm. Yeah. But all in all, man, I just, I truly enjoyed going over this team and covering it and looking at it, breaking down the film. It was, 
when you get a team and you get some football that's pure like this, and you get players that are giving it all like that, it truly is a pleasure to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's like, you know, they're trying – Georgia is so good, and they're so deep that you have to work your ass off in order to be able to be a starter. There's, It's not given to you. In Georgia, you have to earn it. Yes, sir, you really do. you got to gain every little bit, and that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the way it needs to be in every school. Yes, sir. But um, with all that being said, man, you got anything you want to add on to this? The only thing that I want to add is I want to just thank everybody for listening to us, for enjoying our show. I also want to thank the waitress down there at uh, the old pub. The old Mel Brew Pub. The old Mel Brew Pub with uh, her service and everything that she gave with us and just talking football with us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's always great to talk football to anybody. I love it. I love it. I can talk football at any given time. Absolutely, man. I talk football in my sleep. Shit. It's <laughs> just day. I probably do, too. <laughs> but, yeah, we are truly thankful for each and every one of you and your support. And the ones that might be coming on new here this for the first time, we appreciate you. Absolutely, man. Give us a holler on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find us, man. We'd love to talk football with you. That's exactly right. Well, with all that being said, like this thing, share it with your friends, subscribe, do whatever you want to do. But until next time, keep those drinks cold, and let's keep those chains moving. We love you. We'll see you next time.